Hello and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 45. This week my guest is Nikki Rodwell and we'll be talking about rebranding, how she's moving from writing about mental health things onto writing psychological thrillers and she'll be telling us all about her new book The Hoax. So stick around for the interview section. So at my desk this week, well, at my desk this week, I've kind of been a bit absent from my desk this week. My uh, daughters have bought a house together, kind of pooled their resources, and uh, I've been up there helping with some of the decorating. Now, I don't mind decorating as a job. Um, It's something that I always do here. So I've kind of done all the decorating from from home, and especially when I was a supply teacher, because it was easy to kind of pinch a few days and get some of these jobs done and it worked out actually cheaper than hiring somebody to do it and uh, at the time my husband was too busy so decorating's kind of become my thing and um, I've had plenty of practice so anyway so I was up there you know with the brushes and and took my ladder and all that kind of thing and I kind of kind of been going backwards and forwards and spending a night or two up when we're in their digs where they're staying at the moment and then going over to this little place that they're doing up and doing the doing the old um the painting the rubbing down and the decorating and all that kind of thing and it's it's coming together and it's it's great it's great to work with them be with them for a minute and it's quite nice as a family to kind of do something all together so you know i've quite enjoyed it um and then the other thing what i've found is um i do find i do like to listen to a podcast funnily enough uh obviously not this one i know what i've said in here but uh, I do like to listen to podcasts, so it's been quite a nice situation, you know, because we've been sort of working in different rooms. It's quite, they're quite small, these rooms, in, in this little place that they've got together. So I've been working away in one room, my one or my other, both my other daughters have been working in the other places in this little place. And, uh, and so it's given me a little chance to kind of catch up on podcasts. I used to always listen to a podcast when I was walking my dog. Or when I was going for a walk in the morning. But since I've had the dog, and I've had the dog nearly two years now, uh, I find that I, I sort of need to engage with the dog. You can't I can't sort of walk along and not concentrate on the dog. I, I like to chatter, chatter, if I've got her on the lead. Probably look like I'm crazy. And and of course, you're constantly whistle, whistling her back and making sure she's okay. And you've, you've kind of got to concentrate. She's a whippet, so she's pretty quick. You have to kind of do that. So I don't kind of use that walking time as I did you know pre-dog where I would always be listening to a podcast and catching up on you know all the indie author writer writery things that I like to listen to so it's been quite nice because I kind of thought oh I could listen to a podcast when I'm doing this so I kind of got the app up on my phone and I caught up on all Mark Dawson stuff which was great so that was that was that's been really quite pleasant so I kind of feel like I'm kind of on the case with all the things that's happening so yeah that was good And what else? Well, I'm actually obviously back home today. My husband's gone up there today to um, give them a hand with some other things like putting the kitchen units in and stuff like that. And so I've kind of got a day to myself and obviously I'm a bit tired, I must admit. That's the other thing. When you get a bit older, it's pretty tricky to, you know, do these things. You know, I'm not really, well, not really, I'm not at all a gym bunny or anything like that. Walking the dogs about it, a bit of housework. And so... um, you know, I have found it quite tiring, you know, having a whole couple of days, you know, just doing constant physical stuff. Probably really good for me, I don't doubt. But uh, having said that, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm a bit croaky. I do feel pretty tired. And in fact, the dogs just settle down in the sofa next door and I might just have to go in the warm of the kitchen and have a quick kip, I think, just to kind of top myself up. However, um, yeah, it, so it's been good to do that. 
but of course I'm here today so you know on my list I kind of I always have kind of a list of stuff that I write out for the week so I was kind of looking back on last week today is what day is it today is Tuesday so I've been up there a couple of days and I'm kind of looking at my list from last week thinking what did I want to get done when and once again or constantly on my list is trying to sort out this TikTok shop that I'm trying to set up to sell my books via TikTok which you know I see other authors doing and everybody says oh you know it's been so successful and all the rest of it and I've kind of got my stock and I've got all my little stickers and bookmarks and envelopes to send them in and the whole thing I'm all ready but can I get this TikTok shop to work no I cannot there's something very glitchy about the website anyway so on my list it says you know troubleshoot TikTok shop again underlined in green ink so I thought right I'll have a little go with that because I don't really feel like doing anything too creative today because I actually am a bit tired to do anything fancy so I thought right back into the TikTok shop so you know I went in on and I took screenshots of the various problems and put in some tickets and then thought well actually while I'm sitting here I'll try and you the thing online is quite responsive you can get get to somebody in a couple of moments and somebody will come in and talk to you but I'm finding now that I've just been going around in circles really and I'm getting the same generic uh, generic answers which I have told them you know ever so nicely but I have told them I said you know we're just going around in circles here this still isn't working and the the fixes that they tried to send me I, I've really tried them all now and I don't, I don't know what the answer is I don't know whether it's the fates are gathering to say don't do tiktok shop you're gonna hate it don't you know how sometimes you try and do something and then when you finally get there you think actually i should have listened to the fates perhaps perhaps i shouldn't be doing tiktok shop perhaps that's what the world's trying to tell me i don't know anyway whatever the thing is it's almost i hate it when something beats me you know and i feel like i'm kind of going round and round with this I think the problem with it, or one of the problems that I'm finding, is there really isn't anything online about TikTok shops for indie authors, for people that are selling books. You know, there's no, there's nobody to help. There's no, you know, usually you can put most things, you know, into a, into a search engine, and you can get a video of how to sort out this, that, and the other for for pretty much anything that you're doing. You know. It's certainly how I taught myself Photoshop, um, and it, and it's great. But there really isn't anything out there. It's just not what I'm doing. So it's it's really tricky. So I'm really relying on these guys to try and help me out, and they don't really seem to have the answers to the problems. I have to say, they're all terribly polite and very nice, and you know, and, and I think they're just banging their head against the wall as it is. Perhaps I'm just too ahead of the curve, and it's all too soon. And in another year. You know, there'll be plenty of videos and help things and other people that could, you know, give you a leg up and say, oh, yeah, did you tick, I don't know, the last button on the left and, you know, get the something, the three dots down and find blah, blah, blah. Anyway, 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 I, you can sound, you can probably tell how incredibly frustrated I am by the whole thing. I think what's annoying me is I thought, oh, I'll get all my stock ready because obviously when this goes, you know, I want to have things to sell. I'm going to be ready. And so I, I did all, you know, I'm literally sat here with, you know, Amazon boxes of books and I'm just really irritated that I haven't been able to do anything with it. Anyway, no doubt when it gets resolved, I'll tell you all about it. Maybe I'll make a video. Perhaps that's the thing I need to do, make the video how it got sorted. The trouble is, if I knew what was wrong with it, if I thought, oh, well, obviously I've done this and that, but I just can't seem to get it to fix. It's like it's all stuck. Anyway. Anyway, irritated irritated of southern england indie author irritated of southern england here 
Anyway, anyway, let's put that aside. I haven't been able to uh, fit that aside. I've done that all the online thing. And in the end, they go, well, we'll put a ticket in for you. Well, I can put the ticket in. And, and then, you know, somebody higher up will have a look. Well, they don't know any more than the other guys. And I don't think they read it anyway. Anyway, happy days. So that's me. TikTok shop is still... So <laughs> let's hope it'll get sorted. If I sell something, oh God, I'll be straight on here to tell you all about it. Anyway, come and meet Nikki Rodwell. And um, let's let's put all that behind us and let's get into the interview. On the Words and Pictures podcast this week, I'm very excited to invite Nikki Rodwell. And Nikki writes psychological, dark psychological thrillers. She's also a professional speaker and she's a mental health awareness advocate. So hello, Nikki. How are you? Hello, I'm fine. Thank you. It's really nice to meet you, DJ. Yes. You too. Yeah, it's it's very nice. And now we, we've had a couple of emails like you do. You kind of go back and forth with these things on, um, you know, before we actually get face to face. And mm-hmm. I was interested to see because you and I are actually doing something very similar right now. Um, we are rebranding. You said I'm busy. I'm rebranding at the moment. And I've had a, I've had a bit of a trouble getting you on here because you're so busy. So tell me about the rebranding, because it's hell, isn't it? Yes, I guess I've never really been very good at branding or really understood it. And I've just fumbled my way along. So when I uh, published my first book, Catch Me If I Fall, I didn't know at that point if I was going to continue writing or not. And I kind of fell into becoming an advocate for mental health. Um, I also wanted to help a charity, Spinal Cord Backup uh, Charity. And I very much branded myself around that, forming mental health groups, promoting well-being, blogging about well-being. And I've reached a point now where I have made a very definite decision that I am a writer and I've kind of fallen into what I enjoy reading, which is psychological thrillers. So I've just had my final edits and being proofread is my book, The Hoax. And I just thought at this point, I need to make a change. I think it's time to start leaving the mental health behind, not doing so much for that and focusing more on becoming a better writer and writing more. So I'm going to very much brand myself around being a fiction writer now. So I've had somebody edit my website. I've changed my color. I've changed my title and I will be changing the nature of my blog posts and really everything so I can more focus on being a fiction writer. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's quite interesting to do that because I've always written the dark fantasy and uh, I'm not throwing that away, but I kind of feel I want that at the back of my website, if you see what I mean, because I've I've started to write um, a sort of a romantic fiction, quite funny bit of spice in it. And I've had so much fun doing it. It's going to come out in the next couple of months. And uh, I kind of feel that I would like to write more of that kind of thing. I'm not saying I won't write more dark fantasy, but I feel mm-hmm. that I'm emerging as this different kind of writer. I feel more, I feel more confident. I feel more playful, and I feel ready to bring out my funny side. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I'm coming out of the darkness and going into okay. the. Okay, into the well, it sounds like you're going the other way. We might pass. In I the wouldn't middle. say I'd never write a memoir again. I'm not going no, to exactly. say never yeah. say never. But I think as we grow as a writer, sometimes the nature of what we're writing changes. And at this point in time, this is how I see myself and how I want to brand myself. They say as a writer, if you're multi-genre or if you change your genre, you can set yourself back five years. I did think about that for a long time. And then I thought, Do you know what? I don't care. No, <laughs> this and is what I, I'm doing and this is where I'm at. Yeah. And are you independently published, Nikki? 
Yes, yes. Yeah, so we can do what we like. Nobody's Absolutely. telling us. No, That's I'm not having reason. it. And I'm of an age that I really give a toddle what anybody says. You know, I'm doing what I want now. This is yes. me. Yeah. And I think this is the this is the thing. I think it's interesting to, you know, not be put in a box or you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, actually, mm. you know what? Just watch me and watch you too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good for you. Well, I think that's very exciting. And um, yeah, so you're you're moving into this more um you know you're moving into the dark thriller kind of thing of fiction and and all that kind of thing and your new book is called the hoax you want to tell me about the hoax is it out yet no it'll be out in june june yeah in june yeah i just i just had a coaching call this morning with another author um talking about self-publishing and going wide because i've just been with amazon um yeah. at this point so I had a call about that this morning and I've been holding back on my launch date really until I'd had that conversation because there's quite a lot you have to do with regards you know to get to launching it and I've forgotten the question the question is um but let's uh, <laughs> let's come back to that question because I think it's very interesting the wide or exclusive because I went wide originally and I I couldn't make it stick personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, find, I found it very hard. I think wide is good if you're quite established already, but it's very yes. hard to advertise on these other platforms. You know, if, you know, you try. There's a few little things that you can do on Kobo. There's no, nothing you can yes, do on, on Draft to Digital. You know, I didn't just, actually yeah. realize that what going wide really was. What I what I wanted was to be able to sell my books in bookshops, do book fairs, and promote my books more. And I hadn't realized that going wide really is for your Kindle, for your ebook. So yeah. actually, I didn't realize I could be on Amazon um, and still put my print book up with um, anything. Mark. So yeah. that's that's actually the route I'm going to go. So I'm not going to go totally wide. But I'm going to uh, unclick my paperback from Amazon being exclusive so that I can promote that elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, if you have a paperback on Amazon, it's not exclusive anyway. I didn't so, you, so you can you can have your your paperbacks wide, you know, yes. as 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 you will. And actually, if your ebook does really well on Amazon, then you will be able to get it into bookshops. Not that I've ever managed it, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, that is the you know that's my understanding of it and i think uh uh when it when it's wide um you know you can put it on to um i mean kobo is saying that they're going to start doing print on demand and and i think in the future okay. that that will happen and that'll give us another angle which i think will be yes. quite nice yes. um then they're not there yet but it's it's beginning to be rolled out i believe and yes. um, and like you say you can ingram spark i'm on with ingram spark as well but then you don't get a lot of traction with it unless you pay to go into their catalogue and that's actually quite expensive okay um, I, mean, I find it hard because much... i write in series so you've got to pay for each book to go in there but if you've just got a, you know a standalone then perhaps you could give it a whirl you know it might not be so bad i need to do a bit more research i mean i'm a very new writer and author with um not much experience coming into it but I do I do my research and I do my homework um and having so many Twitter writers and people like yourself really help us new writers because listening to your podcast and listening to other people's experiences and what they're doing just triggers little ideas or gives you a nugget of information you want and I was talking this morning to Georgia Rose who's on Twitter and she's a fantastic coach. She's a self-publisher and she goes wide, but she has given me so much support both with this book and my first book, Catch Me If I Fall. 
so yes it's a fantastic community yeah, when you yeah I think we are a good community I'm because I, now the podcast has been going for quite a while I was talking to my husband about it last night I'm going to start a Facebook group or a group on something possibly Facebook so that anybody that's come onto the words and pictures we could kind of get on there because I think when you have a good group of people you've got people on all stages of writing and also you've got uh, traditionally published authors as well that have come on you know mm-hmm. to the podcast god love them and uh, it's been great and i just think it would be nice if there was a place where if you wanted to you could promote your stuff or say what's happening now or ask your question and it might be quite yeah. a nice little thing just for the you know just for the fun of it just for you know just for the hell you know definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah and so i thought i think i think i might get that cracking you know possibly not this weekend because my daughters are doing up a house and i'm going to do decorating that's is me. your bathroom done yet bathroom's done yes thankfully yes i can't bear the builders it drives me mad ah yes so happy days yes so that's good i think you're quite right and i think uh indies i think we're very good at um joining together and sharing our information but also i think women writers are very good with that you know i think i think we're not closed off we're used to pulling each other along and giving each other you know a helping hand in whatever way that we can you know and sharing our knowledge yeah brilliant anyway i'm going back to the question now you're ready (laughs) tell me about the hoax (laughs) hoax. so the hoax is your upcoming book why is it called the hoax i like the hoax i'll quickly tell you how it came about i'd actually written another fiction book last year and got it right through to its final edit proofread and i was going to publish it and then i put the brakes on and decided not to publish The reason being, it was too close to some truth and I was just nervous about putting it out there because certain characters might have recognised themselves. So I decided to stop and I thought, well, actually, it's given me great experience, another book written and edited. I've gone through all the edits. So look at it as having improved your writing. But the other part of me was, have I wasted this whole year writing this fiction book? And this happened around NaNoWriMo. So in November... I penned the whole of the hoax in NaNoWriMo, which was an idea I'd had. And it's about a chap called Ronnie, who's a very wealthy man, and he likes to have his cake and eat it. He's a little bit misogynistic. I've written it from first person point of view, so I've really enjoyed being this man. And he is a practical joker. He's been brought up with practical jokes, but they're quite dark jokes. And he has a son called James, who he's played many jokes on in the past from a young age, which can be quite psychologically damaging. And he encouraged his son to watch films like The Exorcist and then went into his room and shook his bed before he went to sleep and things, Mm. other things like this. So the book has progressed where James is now getting married. He's grown up, he's 23, and he doesn't like his his dad's jokes anymore. There is a, a planned surprise for his wife's birthday and things take a very strange turn and it's a case of who's played this joke we don't know who it is whether it's payback from friends of his or his son James who's there or whether it could be Ronnie or actually whether it could not be a hoax at all so it's 
it's got quite a clever twist in it I think good. yeah <laughs> good good for you yeah you obviously really enjoyed writing it and, and and your the book that came previous to this you're you're not going to publish that at all you're not going to rework it or maybe it in the future it's called tightrope and maybe in the future because it was part of a series and I would love to put a series out so I will I will sit on it for a while yeah. I have already started penning an idea for my next book which I was working on on holiday a few weeks ago and so that will be my next project after I have launched the hoax but I want to take my time with launching because I had a very bad experience with launching my first book catch me if I fall every mistake I could have made I made so I like to take my time now and not rush anything yeah what would you say were the mistakes as, as I'm I'm asking this because I'm about to launch you know in the next couple of months what 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 would you think are the other things that you got I, wrong I listened to your seven mistakes authors make the other day and I thought well I didn't <laughs> that one I actually wrote my first book very quickly in three months good yeah but then with self-publishing probably made every mistake in the book including pressing publish when I didn't want to on Amazon and it was suddenly out there and I was freaking out had to work out how to get it off again and it took a lot of phone calls to Amazon but really it was just pressure at one point I was doing the whole sequence in reverse order you know you you write the book you get it edited you go and get the book cover designed you get the proofread done and and then you do the launch well I had accidentally pressed the launch button on Amazon. I think I thought that I could just put it up without it being live. I don't know how. I thought I was sending it out as a um, test piece. Yeah. Yes. But I made a mistake. And then my author copy came through the day before <laughs> the day before my launch date. And my bio was missing on it. My author bio. Then the, suddenly there were mistakes. I had to go back to the formatters and ask them to change these mistakes. So then... There were too many, so I went back to my editor and I literally thought I'm doing the whole thing in reverse. Mm. So I put too much pressure on on a date and I wasn't ready for that date. So I don't even think of a date or set a date now until I have had the copy in my hand, proofread and edited and pre-readers have read it and everything. So I know I've got a good safe period before I'm going to be ready to launch it complete. Yeah, yeah. and I think I'm, I'm similar. I haven't even decided on a date yet. I've, I've sort of got my cover ready. I'm, I've written the blurb. I think I've got quite a nice tagline. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of there, but I kind of want to mess with my website. I'm, I would like to gather a few more arc readers. Is this I your midwitch midwitch thing? Yeah, and and it's it's doing it's fine. But I'm do I have a date yet? Not really, because I think well, it's a bit like cooking dinner. It's it's bloody ready when I finish cooking it. <laughs> So don't yes. ask. Yeah. <laughs> so people say, when's dinner? When I'm finished cooking it. So just leave me alone. So, I think what, and I, I think, think that's what, what I feel with the book. Yeah. I think when you're new with your first book, there's this feeling of once it's finished, you've got to get, get it out there, you know, and it's ready. It's ready to go. And I think with experience, I've learned, no, that's not the point you're ready to go. You actually need to do some preparation for your launch. You need to be um, putting some teasers out there on social media and getting your friends all aware and sharing posts and 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 you know you've got to do some work really before you actually put it out and hit that button yeah yeah and I think you can do quite a lot of little things you know I've got a couple of chapters up now on the website I you know I I'll do the old cover reveal thing you know and, and all of yes. that but but I, I just don't feel rushed with it I, I kind of feel um I'll get there when I get there really you know yes. when I feel like the time is right um I think it's interesting I wrote a science fiction novel last year 
Um, oh, right. And uh, what, what do I think of it? I think it's probably one of the best things I've ever written. Do I think I can sell it? No. Will I publish it? No. Really? Yeah. No, because I can't sell it. I can sell this. I know exactly. At what point did you realise that? Uh, well, I, when I finished it and I thought, right, what's the cover? No idea. What's the tagline? No idea. What would I write for the blurb? I couldn't tell you. What's it about? So many things, too many things, like a lot of my stuff. Um, but The Midwitch, I know exactly what it's about. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know, you know, when I started writing it, I'd already written the blurb and the tagline, exactly like they tell you in those kind of things. I thought, yeah, I know exactly what this book's about, you know. Okay. And, and and I feel I could really market it and get it out there. And, you know, I feel, I feel very confident with it. I feel like it's, you know, going to be a fun read and people are going to enjoy it. But, Is but it the fantasy? Science, Oh, uh, uh, I would say it was um, magical realism. So she's a middle-aged lady, much like myself, a little bit angry, a little bit spicy, you know. Okay. <laughs> um, but she's, um, but as she sort of goes through her normal life of middle age and, you know, faces lots of amusing things that middle-aged ladies face, uh, uh, and as, as well as a few other things I've thrown into the mix, she begins to realise she's turning into a witch. And so, you know, I'm going to write three books in the series about, you know, Millie's witchy, you know, development as she as she goes on. Okay. And uh, and but but apart from the magical realism, she's a very real character, a very real woman, you know, with everyday things happening to her. So, yeah. So and she's a lot of fun. I completely believe in her. But the science fiction, you know, it's it's fine. But I don't think I'll ever bring it out to the light of day. I might let my husband read it. I'm sure he'd it would amuse him. But to be honest, sometimes there's some things that you write that you think it's actually not worth the aggro because you know it'll never sell. Yes, but then I suppose there is an element sometimes that if we're proud of our work, it's nice for us to see it within the covers of a book. So my poetry book I wrote, um, A Mother's Lament, I knew it wouldn't sell. I didn't even know if poetry, especially from a beginner poet, that it would it would have any momentum. But I wanted it within cover. Maybe it's a bit selfish, but I wanted it within within the covers of the book to put on my beautiful bookshelves and just know that that was my my work of art. I suppose. Yeah. So sometimes yeah, I, think, I think that's quite a nice thing. I think the trouble mm -hmm. with the trouble with a, a full length book. You know, I, I don't know how long your poems are. I'm just assuming that it's not as long as you know. I'm just kind of thinking. Yeah, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to put it out there without it being professionally edited and then proofread. And of course, I actually have my poems edited. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. You know, it was expensive. I even had the book cover designed as well. Whereas, yeah, with the yeah. books, I've designed my own book cover this time. Yeah, yeah. You see, that's the trouble with it. You know, if you bring it out, you know, I yeah, you know, would I. Put it in front of anybody without it being edited mm, not really not with my dyslexia mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it is, it's an expensive process isn't it really getting it is. the book, yes. the book out there yeah yeah Be, being an indie author costs money if you do it right you you know if you if you put your you know you have to have some proper self-belief and put a bit of cash behind it in order to make mm -hmm. it stick Definitely. i think yeah to make it make it look worthy but no i don't think i'll ever publish it um unless i become filthy rich and go oh i should just give it to an editor to sort out <laughs> and give it choose a title for it write the blurb yes exactly put, put, any, put, you as well. put some cover on it but, you know because i can't be bothered we put it out there and that'll probably be the book that does really well <laughs> i was probably wrong all along yes yeah happy days 
Oh, so yeah, so it's interesting, the whole, yeah, so you did your book cover yourself. Was that tricky for you? Have you got a bit of art background? I love the designing stuff. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I spend too long really creating posts for social media and little videos, little clips. I'm a, I'm afraid I'm a bit of a TikTok fan and now I've just started doing reels. So I, I love that creative side. And I was just fiddling around designing my own book cover and then I did a bit of research and discovered you can download a template from Amazon. That's it, yep. And I did this all on Canva. And it just pieced together. I, I've put on the front cover a picture of a panther, which readers will find out the relevance of that, the Cartier Panther bracelet. Mm -hmm. I just chose the colour scheme I wanted and it went from there. I just added it to the spine and yeah, I'm quite impressed with myself whether whether or not I can upload it onto Amazon KDP is another matter but I think I'm within the boundaries and hopefully it will all work yeah I'm sure if you have a problem get email me I'll help you I'll talk you through it I've thank you it enough, I've done it enough times <laughs> I, and I think I've come across all the little glitchy things that happen you know because so you do you do your own book covers do you I always do them yeah I, I okay, do those nice and, and I also write as a children's author and I illustrate those books so so and um yes so I never went to art school um you know or you know did you know but I would I should have done you know you were saying you're an artist and you paint Yes, I used to paint miniatures. I used to belong to the um the Royal Society of Miniatures and Limners. Um so I I used to do that oh years ago when the kids were quite little. I don't think my eyesight could do it now. I think I'd need one of those big ring light um magnifying glasses in order to do it. But yeah, I can paint portraits and stuff like that. Mm. So, so I'm quite happy to do that. I'm very happy in Photoshop mucking about. I I'm really I may be coming to you for some help there. I have spent the whole morning working how to edit a video on Photoshop. It's so much harder than Canva. Oh no, I haven't done. I haven't done video editing. Hopeless. Yeah, no, that's it. I could do. Um, in, yeah, that's a whole another world, isn't it? The, the video mm. thing. I haven't done the video thing yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, but it, it of course, does seem a bit of a. I'm just testing it out for a week. I've got a trial session on it, and it just seems a bit of a minefield. But um. My husband said, oh, if you're getting this creative and doing videos and things now, it might be an idea to have Photoshop. So that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, well, I've got Photoshop, you know, just normal Photoshop for, you know, it, you know, making images. But uh, I haven't I haven't done the I mean, I think it, I think it would be a good thing to learn, I have to say. So if, if anybody's out there and they know of a good, you know, um, some somebody who you can go to for free and watch their videos to learn this stuff is, yes. is always you know really really helpful uh, and I'm amazed the thing is with Photoshop because it's so you know it's been out there quite a long time now there's lots of people out there just you know you can literally put Photoshop and then whatever it is you're trying to do and it, it just pops up and there's some nice person on there going you know here you go do this do that do the other and you can just learn anything these days can't you really that's yeah. exactly what I've been doing this morning, DJ. Yeah, yeah. Googled, how do I cut video in Photoshop? And up pops a man on YouTube and he explains it. So, yeah, yes, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, well, I love the Photoshop, but I haven't done video. Um, I, I probably should do. I had my covers animated uh, by a young woman called Morgan Wright, who did my animated covers. I'll leave links in the show notes. And um, they're absolutely marvellous. And, and I keep looking at them thinking, I don't actually know how she did it, but they are really, they're very, very good. 
Uh, and actually, she wasn't particularly expensive, I didn't think, for the obviously the work that goes into that. But it is quite nice if you've got a moving image. I think you get more traction with it on social media. And also, I think once you've learned how to do it, you can use it for a lot of social media bits and pieces. I did use a company called Cutting Edge for my book cover and marketing tools and everything before and when I saw what they did it wasn't particularly expensive but I looked at it and thought oh I could do that yeah that's why I decided I would (laughs) yeah yeah I think I think you're right I I, I sort of look at sort of asset packs and things and think "Mm, I need to sort of make myself some better ones and you know have a little but it's time of course that is the trouble with all these things isn't it it all takes forever and uh, it's just one more thing that you're learning I find what I found over the years, where, where as a as an author, um, uh, as an independent author, you go through stages. So you're like on a writing stage, and then you're on a book cover stage, or you're writing blurbs, or then you're into KDP, or you're loading up onto Kobo, or you're doing whatever it is. And then there's millions and millions of things. And what I found, and this might be just how my brain works, Nikki, but what I found is I have a thing called. Um, I'm trying to think what it, what I have named it. It's called a work workflow folder. And when I'm doing something for the first time and I've worked out how to do it, I write down the steps in the workflow folder because when you come to make your next cover in two years' time or 18 months, you won't remember because there's so much stuff going around in your head. But if you can go back to the workflow fo- folder and go, that's, oh, a very that's good, what I that's- did. That's, that's what I did. That's and, and also write down, and when you're doing your book covers, write down all the stuff that you did, like what was the size that you used yeah. for the fonts, you, the font name, the font size, how many millimeters it was from the top of the book, from the bottom of the book, you know, what was the basic layout so that you can you can put that into the next one. So because obviously all your covers, even if you write standalones, they must all look of a piece. So you want your same, you know, basically you probably want the same font that you've used to write your author name in again in the same size in the same place you know what I mean so so that they look you know and and you can do those kinds of things so workflow folder that's my hot tip for you that is a top tip thank you whatever you're doing you won't you won't remember it because there's just well I'm of that certain age as well DJ and and yes things do tend not to sink in and and stay there very long I, I can do it at the time but then when I'm but sometimes I just need a memory jog because yeah. I think as creatives you know there's such a lot of stuff going around in your head you know and you're you're writing and you're imagining and you're doing all this stuff and then when you come yeah. down to the nitty-gritty and you think oh my god how did I load this up to bookbub or what was the steps for you know finding your categories on Amazon well if you've got it in the workflow folder you can go back and jog your mind it'll change a little bit it won't be exactly the same because nothing stays the same because that'd be too easy wouldn't it but that's yes. the thing am I not the only writer who has about 20 notebooks oh yes I have one with my work in process one with publishing yep. tips one with character tips one with I have passwords so many. One with passwords, just with passwords. Yes, no, I'm yes, going to have, have one as my workflow folder. Yes. Yeah, workflow folder. Workflow folder, you need a folder, Clippy, with okay. the thing, so that it's you can just slot it in and put it into, um, you know, old-fashioned ring binder so that you can have, yes. like, book covers, you know, formatting, blah, 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 all the different things, stuff you asked your editor, stuff that you thought went wrong, all of that. Yeah, it's good. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this too long. Yeah. I've become like it's this crazy. Very I've very become I've person. become this crazy woman. Ah <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, I'm all oh, your crazy. It's all good, I think. So that's good. That work in progress. Um. So you've got the your next thing and your next work in progress after the hoax. Is it linked into it, or or is it just similar in that it's another psychological no, thriller? It will be a. It, I'm making turning it into a psychological thriller, but it's it's very much based completely different type of story. It's it's based. Well, funny enough, my husband and I have a cafe, and it's based on a writer in a cafe who meets up with this unusual lady, and it's to do with the trauma really of birth mothers who give up their uh, or were forced to give up their children in the fifties, sixties, seventies. And it's loosely based from a story of my mother-in-law, actually. That's what kind of got my idea going. And when I said it out loud to my husband, he was like, that is fantastic. You've got to do that. You've got to write that. So I'm doing my research by speaking to my mother-in-law. And it's got a huge twist in it. And mm. yes, it's, it's, so it's a completely different, completely different story. Something yeah, fa- fascinating stuff. I found out a few years ago, just before my father died, that I have a have a half sister that was adopted when his first wife died. <laughs> and, uh, yes, all of that, and I don't know, I don't know where this person is, or you know. So, so if your father was Fred Bowman Smith, <laughs> actually, so I'm, your, I'm your sister. <laughs> this happened to my husband. My husband yeah. didn't find out he has a half sister until he was 15 years old because my mother-in-law was forced to give this child up at one of these mother and baby units when Mm. um, she was only 17 or 18. She doesn't read my books. She hasn't read Catch Me If I Fall, so I don't think she'd read this book. So I hopefully it wouldn't be too upsetting for her. But I'm putting my, my own creation around it. It's interesting how sometimes the people closest to you don't want to read your stuff. It's funny that, isn't it? Isn't that a funny? Isn't that a funny thing? Are they not as curious as we are as writers? Or well, they buy you, or, or do they? they or they just don't want to go there. They don't want to know stuff about you. Oh, I found a lot of friends, even art readers. You know, they bought the book and then they just never got around to reading it. They didn't, and I thought, oh, I really was going to rely on you. And it, it's quite you take it personally. It's it's yeah. quite hurtful when they don't read your book but I think you soon realize that and you realize that you've got to write for your readers not for your friends and and definitely not family in my case um yeah, yeah me too yeah yeah I, so, my, my husband reads my stuff um oh I read to my husband yeah yeah he has every chapter yeah. in and out <laughs> yeah that's great he's great my husband's really supportive too he's he's brilliant yes. but but I think you know other other members of the family wider wider members of the family uh are, are it's almost like i think but obviously i'm right you know normally i write you know these dark grim dark fantasies which are mm-hmm. you know that they are uh their own flavor i think perhaps <laughs> they might not be your taste so yeah which is fair enough um yeah uh, but it but it is fascinating i think how you know that the, i hear this a lot with authors they they're quite um, shocked that their friends and family don't give them the support that they would kind of think they would you know and and I find you know when other people are doing stuff you know if they would opened a cafe or if they'd done whatever I'm I'm right there you know doing yes. whatever it is you know to support them but yeah but no oh, perhaps that's just my experience anyway, I do have some neighbors in my, 
I run a book club and I have some ladies from my book club that are currently reading the hoax. And I did say to them, it's currently with the proofreader, but it's coming. I'm getting pinged, 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 pinged with little minor errors here and there and bits and pieces. But it's good they're reading it. So hopefully they'll be the first to give me some reviews. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's the thing. The reviews make a huge difference. And I, I'm kind of really, really trying to press on with the arc reader thing. You know, I don't know whether you feel like that as well. You know. Mm-hmm. OK, well, um, Nikki, we're nearly out of time. So. Where can people find you online? I am on Instagram at Nikki Rodwell author. I'm on Twitter at Nikki Rodwell. And then I have a website, which is nikkirodwell.co.uk. Brilliant. And I'll put all those little links in the show. And thanks for coming on the Words and Pictures podcast. Thank you so much. It's lovely to speak to you, DJ. So nice to talk to um, Nikki Rodwell about all her stuff. And uh, wish her lots of luck with her new upcoming book, which is called The Hoax. And as usual, you can find links in the show notes with all the bits and pieces that we spoke about. Okay, so next week, my guest is J.A. Boulay, who writes historical family sagas. So um, come along and hear us having a good old author chat about all things um, to do with that. Uh, In the meantime, I'm DJ Bowman Smith, and you can find me at www.djbowmansmith.com or as a children's author, tigermolly.com. Brilliant. So don't forget, the Words and Pictures podcast comes out every Monday. And until next time, bye-bye.